Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show, Raw Babes 101. I have an incredible guest with us today. I have Rebecca. I like to call you this fiery, fierce warrior queen because you're just a goddess. You're such, you're in your power and all the things that you do, your reels and how you speak out, you speak your truth. You're here to plant so many seeds for other moms, women, people, for pretty much just everybody here to be able to be seen and heard, to feel safe. And you always, you find a solution to any thing that's come your way. You're the one who it's like that go-to you just, you have the answers. And if you don't have the answers, you're like, I will do everything in my power to figure this fucking out. Um, so Rebecca is the awakened mother mentor. She is awakened mom of five unpopular truth, showing you how to nourish yourself, your kids and thrive in this upside down world. You have a podcast, the awakened mothers and a beautiful community, uh, corduroy restaurant you own with your husband, right? Mm -hmm. And it is downtown Vancouver and they serve organic local and seed oil free food. Thank God. And I have, um, I have been there and I'm obsessed with your guys's restaurant. It's absolutely delicious. Um, so with a strong cocktail in our cozy bar by the beach, and they are known for questioning the government, that is their part-time gig, literally. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Wow. That's a uh... A very beautiful intro. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're so welcome. I think um, what you're doing needs to be shared and um, our community needs to be able to find you and to know about you so you can help um, spread all this freedom and all the all the knowledge and the tools. So I met um, Rebecca actually way back when, this was 2020, she probably wouldn't, you wouldn't um, remember necessarily because you were pregnant and you were running the business. And I went there because I heard through Dar, loved one who has passed, thank you to him, um, about your business and that we could go and eat there if we weren't vaccinated. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to go out and eat. And then we got to experience, I'm actually going to post later i have a video and a little photo of your sign what was the what did the sign say on your guys's uh, restaurant are you talking about maybe the no trespassing one or it was no the one that says like what you welcome everyone it doesn't oh, matter yeah this, 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 this. what it exactly said but it was basically saying you know we don't care about your medical status or anything, whether you want to wear a mask or not, you're welcome here or something like that. I can't quite remember. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'll post it and I'll tag you because it's okay. so good. And then, um, after that, I, Tiffany and I went to the kid Carson and friends show in Vancouver and I was sitting at the table with you and your mom. And when you were on, uh, the stage, it was just so beautiful. Cause your mom was just, so in just awe of watching you up on that stage. And I got to feel her heart. She was just having tears and just so proud of you. Just such a beautiful moment. And um, 
you know, this is all part of this, how this has come to fruition to have you on the show and just to share your heart and how much love you have for yourself, your family and your community. So let's, um, let's dive into you, your story, your phone. This is <laughs> last time <laughs> I, I was hear. talking, it was like, <laughs> went down. sorry, I'm like, sure. It's just because my computer's old. And so my phone is better, better yeah. to say, but, um, well, yeah, I was worried I was going to start bawling my eyes out when you were just talking Aww. just now. So thank you. Yeah. That was pretty, yeah. Pretty powerful moment with my mom that day. For both of you, just yeah. the full circle of you know, going through so much and, you know, having your livelihood and your, you know, bringing in an income. And then that could all have just been taken from you. And you guys were like, no, there's another way that's huge. And then to, you know, be on stage and to be where you're at now, what a gift to go through all of that darkness and hard work. It's like, it was so for you. So you could be in your power to come here and do what you're meant to do. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I want to let you talk. I want to hear you, your story, all about you. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty wild when you look back and you like, you know, all of us have been through so many challenges and in the, in the moment you're thinking like, why is this happening to me? Why is God doing this to me? What, like, you know, you're, you're angry you're upset. You're, you know, crying, who knows what it is, but the way life works is that, you know, you will never grow. You will never change um, unless you go through these challenges. These are what make us think differently and open new doors and and try to be better because it's those moments of low and and struggle where we're, we our, our brains and our bodies are so powerful. That's when they go into solution mode. It's like, okay, well, how can I fix this? Um, so, yeah, I mean, looking back, there were some really dark days during those the pandemic uh, situations at the restaurant and, and health officers and being dragged through the mud on media and people throwing death threats at me. Um, but you know, like you said, I would not be who I am today or where I am today without that struggle. And so now I can see looking back, okay, well that had to happen for this to happen. Uh, so anyone that I, that's listening, that's going through a really low point or a struggle, just know that this is your opportunity for incredible growth and change and, and you will get through it. You will, yeah. the challenges never last forever. You will always get through it. And it just may be a bit trying to find the right door to open, but it will open for you. That's beautiful. I, I agree 100%. So what about, let's talk about you, like your upbringing, who you are, what your upbringing was like to get you to this place. If we can go back Sure. I, I haven't talked about my upbringing ever. So um, hey. I'm, <laughs> I'm the oldest of six, but my parents had me and my sister and then divorced and both had two more kids. So we're a blended family. I was a really good kid. I rarely, rarely got in trouble. I um, loved to perform and I was really outgoing and then I actually realized this moment in time that happened at the Kid Carson show we were talking because, you know, as you know, I went up on stage and I was so nervous and public speaking. People don't believe me when I say I'm super shy and I have a hard time communicating with people in public that I don't know. 
But my mom was like, yeah, it's like, you know, you used to be so outgoing. And then I was trying to figure out, you know, we're just chatting back and forth at the Kid Carson event. She's like, well, actually, you know, when you were about nine years old, um, my grandfather, he was an actor. And so he set me up with this agent saying, like, you have to get into acting because I would always put on plays and perform and dance and sing. And I went to go see this agent and did whatever he wanted me to do. And he basically said that I was horrible and would need a lot of work. And I don't really remember the situation. I must have blocked it out. But my mom said it changed me. And I never was the same. And I never, that's when I kind of went inwards. Yeah. So that, that was kind of an interesting story that came up at Kid Carson. But then, you know, as from that point on, I was an extremely shy, reserved teenager uh until I met a boy and started drinking and smoking and trying to be cool and realizing that oh wow alcohol doesn't make me shy I can be this really outgoing person so had a bit of tumultuous teenage years um and then I met my now current spouse uh when I was about 21 and we were together for a few years and decided to open up corduroy together and uh yeah and then about Three years later, we had our first baby. So that's sort of a quick condensed version of my upbringing. But wow. You know, I do want to say that man, you know, at nine years old and the fact that you block that out, Mm -hmm. this is what we talk about all the time. Situations that what I say, like out of your control, but maybe we signed up to experience that, to overcome that. But it was like, you're this bright light and you're just so expansive. And then one person comes along and just robbed it all. Mm -hmm. Just, you just shut, you're like, no, I'm just going to dim, dim to fit in. I'm not good enough. And then that's your subconscious belief, your programming, because you don't know anything else when you're nine years old. You're just, you just believe an adult because they know better than what we would know. Exactly. Yeah. And my mom said, she's like, no, 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 he's just one person. Let's create you now. I was just like, nope, I was done. Like it just, like you said, just one person done. You know, and it's like, now that you're aware of that, think of how you can help others. And then even with your kids to never let another person ever take that away from them, their power and their strength and who they came here to be, because it's just not okay. What a, when you said that I had full body shivers, I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. crazy. But But even if you look back at that though, like maybe that's kind of a situation that had to happen because, you know, obviously I learned something from it and now I can share with other people and life happens the way it happens because you're on this path that we don't really know, but we're, we're learning along the way. You're right. And I'm a firm, firm believer of everything happens for a reason. Nothing happens to you. It happens for you. And it's like, maybe you would have gone down a path where it would have been this fame and acting, and it would have completely steered you away from what you needed to do. It was like, okay, we're going to dim her a little bit now, and then she's going to blossom and open back up, but in a way that's going to serve humanity and the community and the planet. Yep. So that's exactly what it did. Okay. So you then open up Corduroy and how did you guys think of that name? That's such a badass name. (laughs) So, um, 
a bit of a funny story. So uh, my spouse, he, we're not actually married. So I always struggle with what to call him because boyfriend sounds weird. Partner doesn't sound right to me. Anyways, baby daddy, I, whatever you think. I get it. So, I get it. He uh, was an avid skier, snowboarder. And even though I grew up here in Vancouver on the North Shore with all the mountains, we grew up with not a lot of money. So I never learned how to ski or snowboard. So when we got together, he's like, what? You have to learn how to snowboard. So I was 20 years old and I put these, this stuff on and I was just like, oh my God, this is horrible. I hated it, but I liked him so much. I put on a brave face and pretended I loved it. But when we went to the mountain to go snowboard, I found that the groomed runs, which they call the corduroy snow runs because it looks like corduroy when they groom it were super easy for me. So I always wanted to go to the corduroy runs. And then, you know, we're talking one day about future and he's like, we should name our first baby corduroy. And I was like, like the bear, like the pants. Are you crazy? Like that is the worst name you could give a baby. But he was like, he loved it. He just thought it was so great. Anyways, thank God we opened the restaurant first before I think kids, because when we found the place and we're going to open, I said, hey, let's call it corduroy and we can make it like a little ski chalet cabin you feel. And, uh, he said, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And that's it. <laughs> well, that, that was your first baby. It was, it was our first so baby. So it, it worked perfect. It did. Yeah. That's so, I love that. I had no idea about the, um, how you guys came up with that name. Mm -hmm. So do you still ski? I snowboard and I'm, I, my kids are, they ski now because he's taught them. So I'm trying to learn to ski, but it's hard because I don't want to the falling. I hate the falling and potentially breaking bones is not something that a mother of five needs to be doing. So I do snowboard and I do love it. And I'm, I'm pretty good at it now. Good. It's yeah. funny because I feel the opposite. I ski. And when I tried snowboarding, all I was doing was falling. So I think it just depends on your body and what feels comfortable. And you know, I didn't, I went straight to snowboarding. I didn't even try skiing. So oh, that's I think why. it's just, yeah. Yeah, because he was snowboarding at the time, and that was what was cool at the time. So we just did snowboarding. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about um, what got you from you know having owning your business and having your babies, and then into now the awakened mom and your community and all the things that you do. Let's dive into that. Sure. Uh, so we became pregnant with our first baby and I you know, started researching everything I could about pregnancy and motherhood and reading all the books of what you're supposed to do. And, um, knew we were going to go all natural, knew that right off the hop, but we decided to go into the hospital cause I was still, you know, I grew up the way I grew up and conditioned with all the things. And I was like, you know, I want to do it in the hospital just in case. And, um, we're near the, nearing the end of the pregnancy and I, I have a midwife. So we're doing like the, what I would think most natural route. And the midwife starts discussing with us like, okay, so when the baby's born, here's the procedures that happen. And, um, she gave us all the forms to sign and we went home and he's like, you don't do any of that. And it's like, what do you mean? You don't do any of that. Like, that's what you do. And he's like, no, no, you don't put that stuff in your baby. You don't, you don't inject them with anything. They don't. And I was like, what? what do you mean? Aren't they going to die if they don't get these injections? And he's like, no, it's poison. And he just, and then I went down the rabbit hole of what, how vaccine started and all the things. And thank God 
he said that because even as a person who I thought was trying to be more natural, I was so conditioned to believe that that's just the way things go. That's the natural progression of when you have a baby, they have to get these things or they die because that's what they they basically say yeah. um, that I had a huge wake up call. And so our first baby was born and the midwife and everybody was like, you're what? You're not getting anything because we declined everything that, you know, they try to do on that first day. And, you know, at first we like, he's like, we need to get out of the hospital now. Cause I had a very easy labor. I I pregnant and labor quite well, which is probably why I have five kids. So I was ready to go. (laughs) The baby was born and I'm like, let's get out of here. Like, cause they, they pressure you so much when you're in the hospital and they make you feel like you're a degenerate, like horrible mother when for declining everything they want to do. Uh, So we're like, we want out. We want out, get us out, get us out, get us out. Because we were worried the longer we stay that the more pressure we're going to get. So anyways, we booked it out of there and um, continued to just research and, and deep dive into more rabbit holes around all the things. And it's, you know, I'm still awake. Like I, even, for example, right, like my kids, my two older kids, they went through the public school system and COVID happened and woke me up to the public school system. I, I knew there was a bit of things in the public school system, but I didn't know how deep it went until we brought them home and it was time for them to go back into the system. And I was started to question things. So I think as a mother, like you're, well, as, as a human, I should say, you never stop learning. And there's never a point when you're like, okay, I know all there is to know. And you're right, you know, it's okay to change your mind about things and admit that you were wrong and and to not have any shame or guilt by it because you only know what you know at the time. And especially if you're as a mother, we have so much mom guilt. Like, you know, we, we do what we, we can and we all want what's best for our kids. So just because you may have done something wrong in quotation marks, it, it doesn't mean that like you need to hold that against yourself because you will always, like, and another thing too is, you know, we have to realize, I think a lot of moms have guilt around either, sending their kids to school or maybe vaccinating them when they're babies. But, you know, you have to understand that energy is involved here. And when you can look at those past instances without fear and shame and worry, your, your kids are going to be fine because it's our energy that is way more powerful than anything else that our kids experience, whether it's like the physical or, or attending school, right? Like there's all this shame I think that mothers are feeling lately and and what I'm finding too is like worn worn out completely because they're trying to make all these decisions to not screw up their kids yeah in this insane world but you know we have to there there's a there's a lot to process for the world and for for families right now so it's you got to take your time with it yeah and I'll touch circle back with the vaccination um 2016 when I got pregnant is when I really started to look at all these things. And I'm so grateful. I had a midwife and a doula and, um, went to this beautiful, um, woman, doctor, she just gave me the information so that I could make an educated choice and same with the midwife. So I had, I was surrounded by all this information with vaccination and I was like, there's no fucking way this is going in my son. My son has nothing. They even told me about, I also went to a hospital because I, this was my first, he's a miracle as it was. And I was just like, you know, just to be safe. Now, if I have a few kids down the road, I'll be doing it from my home because 
this is what is human nature. We're, we're meant to, this is normal. Every person has a baby if they choose, and this, our body knows what it needs to do. And then what I even found out was the ointment that they put in the baby's eyes, the moment that they just come earthside and that ointment, the only reason why people need that ointment, um, back in the day is because if a mother had chlamydia and it was to protect and it was an antibiotic, I'm like, not a fucking chance. Mm -hmm. And then shot of vitamin K. They don't need that. It's not vitamin K either. (laughs) They call it it vitamin K, but it's absolutely horrible. And, um, but that's the thing is that you think it was just eye ointment. Oh, it's just a vitamin. And unless, and, and what's infuriating is that they don't give you the information about it. They just act like this is how it's done. And so, so many women don't even understand or even know that you can question and ask and that maybe it isn't really what it says it is or how they portray it to be. Yeah. It's just protocol. And it's just, I'm like, why, why are we doing this? Like, this is a perfect baby that needs mother's breast milk. And that is it. Like every single thing, as like you would know, your, your baby has an eye infection. You put breast milk in it. It is liquid gold. Breast milk is, you can't even put a price on it. It is so magical and it gives you them all the antibodies they will ever need. I'm so glad we're having this, this discussion because anybody listening and like you had said and touched base on this, if you vaccinated your child and don't have shame or guilt, like you said, the highest frequency is love and our kids are always going to be okay. But now that you have the tools, you can give them the proper nutrition and the things that they need to help them. And to help their bodies. Our bodies are miraculous. People have gone through dis-ease and have had crazy poisons put through their body where it could literally kill them and they bounce back. So we don't want to riddle anyone with fear. We just want to empower you. Um, So what other things can you talk about in regards to motherhood and choices and, um, you know, even from your experience from your first child until now of just other options that we have? Well, first, I just want to say like the way, even from the, from the moment that you go to your first appointment, whether it's a midwife or a doctor, they, unfortunately, even midwives these days, because they are registered with the healthcare system, they treat you like you're broken or that you need all this extra care. Like it's such a, uh, a situation like it's like a disease that you have that you're pregnant and you know all these extra protocols and we got to make sure and I always say to people doctors medical professionals are trained at, in worst case scenario they have to treat every uh, procedure or or situation or illness or symptom as worst case scenario so it's like you know you're gonna die because well, when they have to cover themselves, but they, that's how they start. They, they work from that, that baseline of like, this is going to kill you. So we have to remember, like you said, this, like, you know, you watch animals give birth, like they're just like eating a snack and just bloop, the baby pops out. And people think that, oh, that that's not possible for humans, but it actually is like, you could just sit there and your baby or your body will give birth to your baby. You don't need, you know, obviously that is, there is the, the chance that there's a situation, but it is rare. And they like to make every rare situation as if it's really common to put fear into you. 
So women get pregnant and automatically are put in this fear state just because you're going to get a test, right? Like the first scan or you got to date the baby and make sure there's a heartbeat. You're going into that with fear. And again, this is not about shaming because I did this up until my last pregnancy. My last pregnancy, my fifth baby was the only one that I did not do any testing. So I've been there and I know what it's like. And you can still go and get the test. You can still get a midwife. You can still get your ultrasound. But what I want to make sure you know is that to go into it with a different energy not to go into it with like there's going to be something wrong with my baby and that's why I'm getting this test it's like oh no like we're gonna get like you know it's your mindset going into it and uh surrounding yourself with women and birth stories that are positive because unfortunately a lot of the time we're surrounded by these horror stories because the way the medical system is set up is I've heard so many times a woman goes into hospital they say she's not dilating fast enough. Mm-hmm. They give them the drugs to make them dilate faster. Then the pain gets more intense and they get the epidural and then they have to go to C-section. It is the exact same story that happens every single time. And it's always because there was some sort of intervention. Yeah. Whereas if you were left alone, things may have gone a different route. And so yeah. you hear these constant stories of that. That's what you're surrounded by because that's what's common these days. So there's a lot of fear. And I myself and am a worry wart. And I was someone that wanted to get all the tests in the beginning with my first couple of pregnancies. And then I eased up and thank goodness again for COVID because with my last pregnancy, I went to go get a midwife and the ones that I've used for all my other pregnancies, my other babies. And they said that I would have to wear a mask and my husband would have to wear a mask when they came into my home to deliver the baby. And I was like, all right, not doing that not even going to argue with people about that. Um, and so we decided, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I, I didn't really dive into the free birth movement at that point. And then I was connected with another lady who is not a midwife, but she is an old soul and very knowledgeable at birth and went with her and did zero testing, which was, if you know me personally, is really hard for me, yeah. really hard for me. Um, to not know if the baby's okay, like how many weeks exactly I am, blood tests, all that. I had nothing done, which was wild, but it was so liberating at the same time. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. And the baby came out and uh, it was a beautiful birth. And again, in the peace of my home with no interventions, no hat. Like I even learned, like, for example, with my last baby, he came out, he was born in February. So it's like, you know, winter out. My first instinct is to put a hat on him. And there, and the lady who I used, she likes to remain anonymous, but um, she's like, no, 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 you don't put a hat on the baby. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, that's that smell that needs to happen. You need to be able to smell your baby. And the hat actually hinders that. So don't oh put the God. hat on. And I, I was like, goosebumps. that makes so much sense. But the, see these natural things that, that you think it's not a big deal, but it can really affect the oxytocin for breastfeeding and latching. If you're in, if you're trying to feed your baby and the hats covering their smell, it's like the the triggers that happen that naturally in our bodies are, are hindered. So even that, so. Well, I definitely want to get her name off camera for my, when I have another mm-hmm. baby. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. Well, first I, first I need to call in my superior man, but Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking ahead. Yeah. Um, and wow, I am so proud of you. That takes a lot of courage and trust. And I also believe th- these babies and souls 
they're coming in. They know what they need to do. Your body knows what it needs to do. And what's meant to be will be like, you can't mess it up. And if it's, if you're meant to bring a baby earth side and to have this birth, you're going to have it. And if the baby's only here for a short time, I believe it's all part of the plan for, for learning. And I've taken out a lot of that uh, suffering and victim energy around that. And it's like, let nature be like, we don't tell the trees what to do. We don't, you know, the sun just knows to shine. Like this is just like our bodies. Um, can we touch base a bit on the, um, I don't know. I don't want to like trigger anything, but, um, more on what's inside these things that they put into kids and babies, a little bit of, um, the, the risks or just because there's a lot of people that have no idea, Rebecca, they have no clue. Yeah. So for example, so you talk about the eye cream, right? So what that does is blurs their vision so they can't see your nipples and latch properly. And it makes it like they can't connect with you. So it's literally blocking that immediate connection that you're supposed to have. You like when you have a, nat a baby naturally, no women, they you're looking in their eyes, they come out crying sometimes, but then you put them on your chest and they literally look up, up at you because they're looking at that voice that they've been hearing for so long. And there's that eye connection. And if their eyes are blurry, that's lost. Uh, they also have trouble latching on because they're so confused with the blurriness. So that's one thing. How then fucking the, terrible is that? Yeah. Yeah. And people oh. think it's just eye cream. It's not eye cream. It's, it's not good. Then there's the vitamin K, which a lot of people don't know is not vitamin K. Um, it, there's a little bit of, I think there may be a little bit of vitamin K in there, but it's synthetic. And what you don't know is that the amount that they're injecting babies with is over and above what an adult would even be allowed to tolerate. So, I mean, I'm speaking from my own opinion, but basically what I think happens to most babies, they get this injection and then that's what triggers the jaundice because their liver is completely overloaded with trying to eliminate this over and above amount of chemicals in them. There's, there's, there's preservatives in there. Um, like I said, they label it vitamin K, but the, there's actually that that's the lowest ingredient in there is the vitamin K. Everything else is a bunch of crap and poison and Filler. it's overloading for the system. Yeah. So there's that, then there's the jaundice, right? So here's where it's like, as soon as there's an intervention, it leads to a whole other host. And that's what you have to understand is like, anytime you interrupt nature and you think you're doing something that's going to protect or prevent there's always another side. It's not just like this, like one-sided thing. There may, you know, it may, there may be nothing, but there also, it could lead to open up the door to other, other issues. Makes sense. Um, and then you have to look at like, you know, there's the schedule that we, that we have that I honestly don't know because none of my kids went through it, but it's upwards of like 70 different types of, of things that are being injected into their bodies. And lots of the time they combine these shots and I always, you know, you hear this all the time, or maybe you don't, but like, we're told to introduce one food at a time to your child, Yes. but they've already had exposure to a combination of shots at, from like two months all the way up until six months. So you got to like, think for a minute, how does that make any freaking sense? You can't Zero. introduce like mashed banana and avocado because you got to make sure there's no allergy, but you, here you go. You can inject like a, a shitload of toxic ingredients into the bloodstream. Like I just, it bothers me so it, much. It doesn't make any sense if you really yeah. look at it logically. 
And then a lot of people think, oh, but, you know, if you look at the history of vaccines, did all this, this work of eradicating illness, well, actually, that's total bullshit. Yeah. A lot of diseases, uh, what people don't realize, weren't actually diseases. They were caused from exposure to environmental toxins that were mandated by the government, like spraying of DDT, exposure to lead, um, exposure to um, radio or radio waves, right? Like, radio waves people don't realize how it can affect the body and it looks like it's a mass illness of some sort but really it's exposure and you know when these things look like they were eradicated from vaccines you actually can see a graph where they they started to decline before the actual initial uh launch of this this so-called vaccine so there's a lot of history there that people don't realize it where we've been lied to yeah, honestly, 100% lied to. And then look at um, the best example is with this entire pandemic that happened. If people think how this was birthed, and then they go back years and years ago, how every single chicken pox, measles, mumps, rubella was birthed, it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. So now that we have this awakening and this knowledge of 2020, they can now apply that to back then. And the other thing is, if your child gets measles, they're going to heal. Their body and their immune system knows what to do. And they're going to get a fever. They may get a little bit of bumps. They are going to heal. They're going to rest. And they're going to recover. Like They've placed so much fear on these things. And chickenpox, get the freaking chickenpox. Boost your immune system. Like. Well, what's crazy is now they're realizing that measles is attached to prevent it. It can prevent cancer and tumorous growth and chicken pox can prevent, as we know, shingles later on in life. So you're cutting off like a natural cleansing that kids are supposed to go through and and to build their immune system We're we're preventing, but then it's leading to adult illness. And as we know now too, like it's no coincidence that kids are full of allergies and sickness and autism that's not a coincidence because the only no. thing that intercepted and and changed from a few decades ago was the implementation of, of a boatload of, of vaccines. So we have to look, are we healthier or are we sicker as society? And right now our children are sicker mentally and physically. Yeah. You know, inflammation and heavy metals affect the brain. And the cool thing is nowadays, you can reverse these things. And when people understand, like if they're kids with like autism and different things like that, there are many things that you can do to help with the inflammation, to help with the heavy metals. There's um, like medical medium. He's freaking great. Talks about a lot of natural things and things that we can do to remove the heavy metals from our brain. And they just, these toxins, like you say, there's environmental, our bodies are working so hard just to survive, like our liver is a miracle. It can grow back. Like it's working overtime. And then we put on these fragrances and we go outside and the pollution and we got freaking chemtrails. We've got all these things that we're constantly, our bodies are constantly doing for us. And then on top of that, you go eat and all these things. It's like, of course, the cancers and the dis-ease and the inflammation, of course, and the ADHDs, our bodies are screaming for us to be nourished and to just leave it a leave it the fuck alone. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm, and even yeah. this, like the whole, how we treat symptoms of things, right? Like it's just always the band-aid solution rather than really trying to uncover what's causing like a symptom is your body's cry. Like you said, it's a cry, like, hello, <laughs> pay attention yeah. to me. This is not okay. Right. And, and taking something to mask the symptom is only going to make another thing pop up. And that's why society is just sicker than ever. Yeah. And it's like the cleanup crew, we're all here to share any piece, any tool that we have so that people can incorporate this. And it's way simpler. Like we make things so freaking complicated and it doesn't need to be, you know, you drink your healthy waters, you eat foods from mother earth, like foods from light. Just imagine like the food is growing from the ground. Mother earth is nurturing it and the sun is healing it. And then you put that in your body. Come on, like medicine. It's everything that, as you know, I'm just saying this for everybody and share. It's like, there's an, um, there's something here to heal us from mother earth. There's always a solution like you would say. So let's talk a little bit more. Let's go into, um, any more tools and tips in, in this realm, like maybe even about the school and about homeschooling, if we can go there. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because in, when I talk about this, I, I still feel a bit of guilt and um, not guilt, but you know, compassion for parents that want to homeschool, but they feel like they can't because of financial or whatever the situation may be. But unfortunately the public school system is a scary place to be. I, I, I really worry about the kids that, um, or I, I shouldn't say I worry. I worry about for the kids whose parents don't know. Like yeah. if you're a parent that knows what's going on, you can, like I had someone on my podcast talk about unwashing the wokeness from what they're hearing at school. Like they, you can come home and have those important conversations of like, you know, what were they talking about today? And how do you think about that? But if you're a parent that's oblivious to basically the propaganda and indoctrination that they are they are forcing on our kids in school, then that's where I, I, I do worry because people don't realize how intense it is and uh, how the education system, people may think that it's been hijacked, but unfortunately the school system was set up this way. It was meant to set up people to become workers and to not think critically and to be this like homogenous, everyone is going to learn and think the same way. And this is, you know, telling you what to learn instead of how to learn. And uh, if you can, I would pull your kids and, and do the scary thing. And, and I was, like I said, if it wasn't for COVID, my kids would probably still be in the school system because I was so scared and thought I was incapable. And I had this different idea of what it is. And really homeschooling is just like the most precious time you can have with your kids. It's not you sitting, standing, I should say, while they're all sitting around you and you're this teacher and telling them like, you're not replicating a school day in your home. If you try to do that, you'll quickly realize that it's all going to go to hell and your kids are going to hate you and you're going to be fighting and screaming. It's literally bringing them along with you in your life. Like, you know, we wake up, my kids make breakfast with me. We play, we read, we go outside a ton and we do lots of field trips. Like it's never me sitting there demanding, teaching them math. And, and, you know, you have to, you have to unlearn yourself because the curriculum and 
you know, the memorization way of learning, as we all know, like, what do you remember from your times tables or, or, you know, science class really, right. You know, and you learn from, from life experiences. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard subject for a lot of people because like you, I said, it's like usually the finances that are, are getting involved, right. You think, well, how am I supposed to quit my job and be home with my kids? And you may have to be creative. Um, but I don't think that the public school system is a, is a great place to be in this day and age. Yeah, I agree. And there's this is just a huge movement where there's going to be that solution where there will be other school systems built because parents are seeing it for themselves. They're not happy. And so this is just that next step happening for us to then open and create our own um, school system. And it's like life experience, you know, it's going through the hard and how to be a good person and connecting with others, communicating. How do you feel today? You know, throw a little meditation in there. How do you express yourself? You know, instead of just all these other things that don't even matter. And like you say, those day-to-day like banking and like taxes and all the things like how to thrive, how to be an entrepreneur. What do you like? What is your purpose? What's your mission? And then those are the things not talked about at all in school. My son is in a private school. Thank God. Still, of course, there's always going to be differences, but he's learning flow and meditation and to sit there and to feel and the stuff that he comes home with. I'm just like, this is awesome. And the teacher, we have that connection where we sit together. I'm so freaking grateful that we have this school in Maple Ridge. Um, and it's like, they're outside rain or shine. They go, they have three breaks. It's just, it's a complete different, it's completely different. So I'm grateful for that, but I see there's a big need. And what do you foresee for, for that? Like, is there anything out there right now for parents? Um, where they there's a community or people coming together to help with this? Actually, I am, I haven't really announced this yet, but I'm opening up a new school in 2024. What the <laughs> Under hell? of course yeah. you are. Well, it's not my like personal, but um I'm not sure if you follow him, but his name's Matt Bodro. He's like a home education uh sort of strong uh, figure in the home education world. And he designed this program for young men called Apogee. And really it's about like, you know, the things of integrity and critical thinking and sovereignty. And he realized there was this insane need for people that want to homeschool their kids, but they can't. Um, And so we're launching uh, an Apogee school worldwide uh, explosion for 2024. So they'll be be popping up all over the world the world yes, and I'm exactly. opening one in 2024 <laughs> yeah so Thank it's coming you. yeah yeah I, as I'm like sitting here I'm like feeling these feelings I'm like someone's gonna be doing something inside you're like I'm doing it <laughs> hello yeah I love so, you thank you yeah for answering the call yeah it's needed but good. I mean but there there is there is right now even like you know I we're part of we've had to I had to go searching for our home education tribe 
uh, like I mentioned earlier, as I'm, I'm naturally very shy and I, I don't enjoy meeting new people. Yes. I'd rather just be in my own little bubble. But, you know, my kids needed to find their tribe and, you know, home education is great, but you still need to get out there and, and find a community. And so I went on Facebook, I joined some Facebook groups and got out of my comfort zone and, and did some of the homeschool meetups that I saw local to me. And we've actually found a really great like-minded home education tribe that we see at least a couple times a week. So you have to do some digging. It's not okay. like it's, they're just going to come to you. And the fastest way I find right now is Facebook. Um, I do have my own private community of moms that, yes. you know, we're all over the world, but there is a little contingent of, of, of local moms and we try to meet up um, as much as we can. But yeah, you have to go searching for these people. Uh, and it's, it is important. Like it, it you don't want to bring your kids home and then not go find a community because that's how life's supposed to be lived is with community and with your village and with your tribe. So yeah, you can, you, you will find your people, but you just have to do some digging and you have to put yourself out there, which I know is hard for a lot of us, right? Well, you know, bringing you on our show is just another anchor and a connection for so many other people that are needing assistance. So um, how can people find this school and more information about it? About the one that I'm launching. Yes. Um, so right now you can look on Instagram under Apogee Strong. That's the model. How do you spell A-P-O-G-E-E? Apogee Strong? Yeah. Okay. Um, but on my end, there's absolutely nothing yet. Like I said, I haven't That's even okay. announced this. But <laughs> so. I feel on. I am freaking, we're honored that this has been a, announced on Raw Babes because we are behind this 100 freaking percent and Thank anything you. that we can do to help spread this like freaking wildfire let's do it yeah is- well we're going to need that we're going to need donations we're going to need you yeah. know like a, this is going to take a community as well so depending when you release this i can give you more information yes i'm going to put it um in the notes and definitely any links for people to be able to click onto and donations all of it's going to help so the Apogee Strong and these, they're going to pop up everywhere. So obviously mm-hmm. Vancouver, are you going to go just like Burnaby, Maple Ridge, like everywhere you can or? Um, it's an application process, but I okay. myself am only starting with one and just because it's, you know, it's going to be a lot. But so the location is going to be somewhere in the lower mainland. We haven't even found the space yet, okay. but they will be popping up all over Canada and the U.S. I think there's even some in Australia that, but the, the plan is they're doing a big, huge uh, tour and promotion and launch starting in the next month or, or two. You'll start to hear more about it. And then the goal is to have them all open at the same time, September, 2024. September, 2024. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Fuck yes. Finally. Thank you. <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah. Um, and also we'll have to, like, I, I'll want to get you back on the show once it's mm-hmm. launched, there's more information, then we can even have um, a bit more of a deep dive into that, but absolutely. This, yeah. This is the answer. Yeah. And um, I just want to be mindful of your time as well. I'm just trying to think what else did I want to talk about? Is there anything else within like your community or yourself or your offerings that you can share with others that can help them. 
Yeah. So I, I launched my private community last year. It was um, called the awakened mothers. And basically it stemmed from me being pregnant at the restaurant and meeting so many moms who were just feeling really isolated because of the pandemic, but also now because they have these views that don't align with the narrative and feeling really alone. And some had lost their close knit group of friends and family and uh, being so as pregnant as I was, I knew I wasn't going to be able to be in the restaurant once the baby was there. So I was like, okay, I got to come up with a plan to keep us all connected. And so I launched that last year and it sort of evolved over the last year. And, and now it's a space that I pour into every single day and I bring in expert guests and it's all supporting mothers to nourish themselves spiritually, financially, mentally, physically, so we can be resilient. So we're not going to wipe away the challenges. We're not going to wipe away the chaos, but we're going to have this foundation where we're going to know what to do. We're going to have confidence and we're going to come from a place of, of, of knowing rather than fear that like getting back to our intuition and yeah. just being resilient amongst this world. So I do have that. And then also I just announced this uh, last week, but I'm going to be launching a course for moms called moms who mourning. Yes. Uh, because I am a huge advocate for, getting up early before your kids. And a lot of moms think that it, it's insane to do that because we're also sleep deprived, but honestly it's life changing. I would not have been able to get through the pandemic and all the stuff with the restaurant. If I didn't have that time in the morning that I was grounding myself and processing mm -hmm. thoughts and nourishing myself and exercising and reading. And, and, you know, from the morning I launched a podcast, I launched a community, I started a bread business, all that stuff would not have been able been possible if I didn't have this intentional morning routine. So it's uh, going to be about supporting you. So yes, you're going to get up early before your kids, but I'm going to give you all the tools and resources on how to do that effectively and not to deplete yourself even further. And just to help moms rise up because we are so powerful and we've been dampened for so long. We don't understand like our capabilities and it really starts with, you have to kind of give yourself that time. And unfortunately as moms, we only have a small amount of time during the day to, to do something for ourselves that has to be in the morning. So, um, that's going to be launching in a few weeks. Yes. That's mm -hmm. badass. I'm excited. I will definitely put that in the notes and for any of you guys definitely reach out to Rebecca. She's just a wealth of knowledge and information. And it's just, it's like a breath of fresh air talking to you because it's like, we do feel alone. And during that time in 2016 and not vaccinating Cassius and all that sort of stuff, it was like, pave your own path, forge, don't follow and do what's right for you. And your community and your tribe will show up. It's just, it's just mm -hmm. what happens. And now that there's all this information that we can have our babies naturally and they can thrive and come into this world and just be the pure light that they are. We don't need to put all this crap into their bodies. They can just be free. We're free sovereign beings. We're meant to be free. 100%. Yeah. And Absolutely. if you just want to share where you can be found on the socials. Yeah. So I have a few accounts. So my main account is at Miss Rebecca Lee. So M-S Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, Lee, L-E-I-G-H on Instagram. Um, but, you know, I have my Corduroy Restaurant account. I have my Sovereign Sourdough account with my bread business. But if you head to my main profile, my my personal page, um, they're all linked in there. Perfect. And I'll also tag you in everything as well. And I just want to say, like, you're 
badass. Like five kids, have a restaurant, having your own community, opening schools. Thank you. You are just, you're incredible. And I hope you feel that and give yourself more credit because you're doing a lot. And so anything you can do to support yourself or anything that I can do to help support you. I was even thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, this community of moms, like self-care, this is all that I do, like energy healing, sound bath, meditation. So there could be something there. We can do something to help support and give back to moms and to your community and to you. Just like we started with that, you know, our breath and that grounding practice. We need that. I would love that. I would love to have you in my community. Yeah. We definitely need more of that for sure. Yes. Any, any time I would be honored and I would love to end this and pull a card for you to see, we're going to do messages from heaven communication cards. Okay. And we will see. And this is your first time ever having a card pull. Yes. Ever. Ever. Yes. There's so (laughs) many firsts today. I know. <laughs> so many firsts. I love it. Hey, so um, I am just going to do what I do. I just pull a card. This is for Rebecca's highest and best good. Anything that needs to come through, allow this message to be, uh, to come through with love. Okay. It fell out right away. And it says, ooh, Wow. It says, someone needs your support. Can you help them? So when I get this card and there's a beautiful feather on it and the stars. So when I get this card, obviously you're helping many people, but there will be somebody that will come on your path and you'll just remember this. You'll be like, oh, I remember this. And there's somebody that your team, loved ones, they're just going to guide you and support you too to help. So it's pretty fitting that it's on the show because there's many people that are in need of your services. So I'm just going to read. And then it says here, your loved ones in spirit often have a panoramic view of what is happening to the people on this side of life. And the most likely outcome based on the current set of circumstances, you are being called into service to assist another being who needs your help. They say, we thank you for assisting and we'll show you where your help is needed. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Yeah, that is powerful. (laughs) And that's just, I feel like you're just, you're so in flow and in trust. You're like, it's like a beautiful mirror. You just, you you know, that everything happens as it needs to, and you're guided to where you need to go next. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for saying yes to being on the podcast and for being you and being authentic. That's, that's the key. You're, You're so authentic. This is the real you. This is it. Thanks so much for having me on. I wasn't sure where our conversation was going to go. And it was, it was really beautiful. It came out so naturally and where it had to go. So I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you too. And I freaking love you. And I'm excited to do whatever, uh, Tiffany and I will do anything we can to support you, your community and be there for you. So please reach out and, um, definitely create some magic together. 
I love it. And uh, yes, I would love to have you on, on my podcast and in my community. That would be so special. So we'll be in touch for sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Be sure to check out all of Rebecca's um, handles and information, support her. She's doing massive things for us and for our community and for earth. Lots of love.